Hello and welcome to Added Tab, a football podcast returning from a stint away from YouTube and making its debut across several online platforms. And will, importantly, I'm a Liverpool supporter, and between me and George we'll be hosting the shows and aiming to bring you a different insight into the views of the casual fans. I'm George, I'll be also hosting the show and giving my own opinions as an Arsenal fan. Every episode we will be joined by usually two or three guests. Today it is no different and we are joined by Josh, the Burnley fan, Kaiwal, our passionate Man United fan and Corey, just the other Burnley fan. Before we delve into today's first topic, let's head into the transfer stories, which are the latest transfer stories at the time of filming. And today's date is Wednesday the 19th, in case you were wondering. Borussia Dortmund have re-signed Mats Hummels from Bayern Munich. The deal is believed to have cost Dortmund around €38 million Euros and will see him stay at Dortmund until 2022. Also, right-back Kyle Walker has penned a new deal with Manchester City, which keeps him at the Etihad until 2024. From us here at the time, we wish him absolutely no luck whatsoever. Real Madrid are reportedly preparing an offer of £45 million to land Tottenham's Christian Eriksen, a deal which could also involve Danny Cabellos a player of whom you'd expect to get very little game time next season under Zidane. Ericsson's contract at Spurs expires next summer and the player has stated a desire to leave this summer. Finally, Atletico Madrid are now favourites to sign Benfica wonderkid Jao Felix, but will face stern competition from other clubs to do so. The player is tipped to become the next cacker and go on to become Europe's best. He has a release clause of... 120 million euros we expect to hear more on this soon that's the latest at the time of filming let's bring in our guest for our first topic which is going to be Maurizio Sarri now Sarri has left Chelsea to become the manager of Juventus on a three-year deal this comes after Sarri finished his first full season in charge of Chelsea with the Europa League win let's go to Tar first Sarri is this the right decision or not Tar? I don't don't know you know I mean I feel like you should be given like a few more years but I don't know who's going to come in for Chelsea and it's kind of like left at a good time because he can't do anything with Chelsea being cancelled and, and if, if, he'll probably win the league with Juventus anyway. So well, yeah. It's interesting though because what about the team he's picking up with Juventus? What do we think about that? Can he make those players work hard enough for him? I, if, if he signs more players because they've signed Ramsey but he didn't sign Ramsey so... If he can sign his own players, then I'm sure that he'll make, be able to make them adapt to the league and the team, and it should be all right. Corey, Josh, what about you two? Right or wrong decision? Uh, I, I think I think it's a right decision, to be honest. Going off what's happened with Chelsea, like Ty said, I'll be starting to manage successful managers after a year or two. And the other thing is, like you said, about the transfer ban, so he's not going to be able to bring anyone in. Like you like said, they've lost Hazard, so... They can't exactly bring anyone in to replace him kind of thing. And then, like you said, you look at the Juventus side and I think it's a much stronger side than what Chelsea is. So, t- to me, it's, it, if he wants to further his career in managing, like I think it's a no-brainer going there, not sticking with Chelsea. I, I'd agree with that. Definitely got a lot more chance of winning trophies at Juventus, I think, can't he, mate? Yeah, I, I, think, I think he's got a lot a bigger chance of winning. Another thing, like I said, do you think the players will perform underneath him? Well, I think he's a, I think he's a good manager. Like, look at Olivier Giroud with Chelsea. I, I think he's developed just a tad more than what he would have when he were at Arsenal. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Scoring the goals, important times and stuff like that. Oh, well, that's it. He was absolutely prolific in the Europa League, wasn't he? It, it was. He uh, stepped up when he needed to step up. So, yeah. I, I think he's just got away with players and well, they'll do well as him as manager, I think, personally. Joshua? 
in my opinion, it was the right move on a moral term. But in a footballing sense, I don't think it was the right choice. Chelsea played Sarri ball really well at, at times. But then Juventus, they can't play a high line because their defenders aren't the fastest. The wing-backs won't really help much. Possibly even for the reasons that you've said about the defence not being able to play the high line. If he gets his own players in, surely he can change that. The thing with Juventus true, true. is they play off experience. If you just bring a new player into the side, you can't yeah. just like, chuck him in true. the side and hope it's okay. Well, they already have Rugan, yeah. who's played quite a lot of games for them. Well, and they got Chiellini and Bic- Benucci as well. Well, there you go. I, th- I, th- I suppose point Josh is making is that Chiellini and... Benucci, yeah. Well, it's like George says, you know what I mean? If you take a risk... I mean, to me, throwing Rigani in there isn't really a risk because, no, no disrespect to the league, but they can probably win the league with Rigani playing all season, you know? Another thing with Sarri leaving, like, like, it's in the, like, well, I don't know what to call it. I used to be called the Carlin Cup, but the League Cup. Like, the way the way Kepa trained, you know what I mean? Like, not listening to him. So, in some sense, he, felt, he might have felt like they were in control of the players, maybe. Yeah, you know what I mean? He, he comes across as a man who needs to be in control to get what he wants to do through, you know? Yeah, it seems like that kind of person. I mean, I'd be interested to know, who do we think is the most likely candidate to take over? Because, he, obviously, Lampard's going to be the bookies' favourite. And who do we think could be the outsider who get the job? Because, for me, well, I think... You never know someone like Diego Simeone could be an outsider for it. Would he take I, it? Maybe not. I could see I could see Jose Mourinho being an outsider just because he's been there and you know he's, he's he's done the job there. He's proved that he can do it. Maybe not always United, but but obviously with Chelsea, is you know he's won up league twice in it. I don't know. It might just be easier getting him in because he's done the job before. But personally, I'd like to see Frank Lampard go there. Well, he's only a young manager. He's only done Derby County, so it'd be interesting and to how like he steps up and how he takes the job on kind of thing. New experience and all that. You could probably argue for his career, it might be safer to stay at Derby. Well, definitely safer to stay at Derby, isn't it? Because less of a risk. This is what a lot of people are scared of for him. If it goes wrong straight away and the fans get a bit restless with him, they start to lose the patience. He doesn't really know how to handle that. He's Fair enough, he's lost the playoffs with Derby, but he's not had that sort of pressure on him before, you know? There's a lot of pressure considering the championship. Like obviously with Derby and I lost in the final. Obviously that's some pressure, but you know you, you don't get anywhere without taking risks. And like, like he's, he's got he's got history with the club. So like it's not like he's going to go in and the fans are going to be against him. It's going to be a fan favourite straight away, you know. Yeah. So yeah. May, may, maybe that'll help him, you know, to achieve a bit more. Tal, who do you think is going to take over that job? It could be Allegri, you know, because he's not he doesn't, he doesn't manage Juve anymore. He could be a candidate for Chelsea. Uh, I, was, I was also thinking Mourinho as well, but he, he definitely won't go back there. You think? And, um, no, he won't go back there. Go, going over the financial situation, though, Lampard would be the cheapest option, to be honest, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't they, don't, they don't want to go forking loads of money out for a new manager. Uh, another thing is, with this transfer back, it might not attract any new managers. Like, Ty said, the Juventus manager, old manager, could go there. But it might not want to go there and, you know, wait two years to get players in because it won't be a squad you've got to... It's, it's got, like... It's Sarri's squad at the minute, isn't it? You can't replace Hazard, do Let's be honest. At times, carry them. They're not going to have that kind of player in the team at the minute. Bit of spark in them can get a goal out of nothing kind of thing. The biggest coup for Chelsea would be if they manage to get Lampard it's the fact that they're getting Jordi Morris as well as the assistant because he knows the youth players, doesn't he? There's one, I think anyone like the youth FA Cup like five years in a row or something like that. Like I said, they've got the players but they don't have like, you know, like Liverpool have a Salah who can change the game with a blink and an ad. Chelsea, Chelsea don't really have that non-player at the minute, did it? Seeing as Hazard's like 
you know, obviously got his move to Real Madrid. The only positive thing from it is that they can bring players back from loan and they have like a lot of good talented players that they can bring back from loan. If Lampard does join Chelsea, then obviously he's got um, Mason Mount, who he managed at Derby. Yeah, and he's then, talented. Um, Reese James, who he didn't play for a Derby, but he plays for Wigan, who Lampard played against in the championship. Tammy yeah. Abraham and Villa too. Yeah, yeah. But, but going off with these youngsters you're going on about, you, I mean, can, can you really see them performing against the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, Man United and Man City? They're not going to bring that flair that Hazard could bring, do you know what I mean? Good point. But equally, you know what I mean? Have they many options? Have they anything they can do about it? Or do they have to? That's that's the thing this new manager's got to think about, do you know what I mean? Like I said, he's going to be slumped with someone else's side. He can't make any changes to it, really, apart from obviously bringing long players in. But other than that, it, it don't look like an attractive job to get, really, does it? Chelsea's a massive club. You can't have them finishing around mid-table. Because there's still Hazard. And right, but let's not forget as well. You've got Christian Pulisic coming in. I'm not saying he's Hazard level, but he's a good player. Oh, yeah, he's proved proved himself in the Bundesliga, but like the Premier League's a whole different ball game than what the other leagues are, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So it might take him a few games, you know, to fit into the squad, and like, I don't know, I'm not know what his role is, and it's just a completely different game to what it is Bundesliga wise. So on to the next topic, which is Real Madrid and their rebuilding this summer. With Zidane back in charge, Aiden Hazard is the main summer signing from Chelsea for €100 million, Euros, along with the arrivals of Frankfurt's Luka Jovic and Porto's Eden Militao, the transfer window was underway. Other additions included Leon's Furlon Mendy and Santos's 18-year-old winger, Rodrigo. So let's start with you, Corey. Madrid looking to return to the Galacticos. Is buying players like that going to be enough to fill the gap between them and the likes of Barcelona? It is, but it's, they're all new players. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. They've not really been in an El Clasico. Like you were saying about all these youngsters going for Chelsea and you know trying to step up. It's going to be the same with all these new players that they're bringing in. Like I say, like, like the likes of Hazard. So he's gone from Premier League. Um, he's got to Spanish football. So plus... They're buying all these new players, but they've still got a lot of other players and they haven't got rid of anyone. So yeah. it might hot up a bit and there's a bit more competition. Do you know what I mean? So all these new players might not even get first team football. They, right. So they brought in this Rodrigo from Santos. Great. I think there's about 13 or 14 other players playing in his position or near his position that he's going to have to fight off. Bear in mind, last season they brought in Vinicius Jr. What's yeah. going to happen to all these players? Surely, what was the point in signing Rodrigo? Am I missing something? I, I heard that uh, Vinicius Jr. could go out on loan. It's not. I don't think it's a bad thing buying buying so many players for one position. I think it's good because of squad depth and stuff like that. And also, he could potentially go to Real Madrid B. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Marcelo. You brought in Mendy, and to be honest, Mendy would be a starting left back, and Marcelo is also a starting left back. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with Marcelo. Just coming off what you said there, Tart. You said having loads of players in your squad's a good thing, but you don't know what you're doing, who you'd start. That's, that's the problem with having too many players in your team. You've got to try and yeah. keep all the players happy, haven't you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it is a bad thing. The only reason why it's a bad thing is because they're both two starting left-backs. I mean, I know that Mendy is not the starting left-back for France, but Marcelo is a starting left-back for Brazil. And and plus, they were, they're both two starting left-backs for the, for the club, so Mendy was starting left-back for Lyon. And Marcelo was for a run again. So it, it could be the case like they're looking further into the future with him, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Who would, who would you go for in the midfield, boys? Because Isco, for me, is world class. I've said this for years. Honestly, I don't know how he's not starting. So he puts himself straight in the team. Then I, don't think, I don't think they utilise him too much. They don't, they well, don't 
to his abilities. You know. See, see that's, that's the kind of player I'd have tried swapping with Hazard and a bit of cash, personally, because I think he'd do really well at Chelsea or in the Premier League level to start with. Well, that's mm. it, but they're holding on to him and they're not going to play him. You know, it's for the. this is the problem with Real Madrid. I think this also goes for players like Vinicius Jr. It's fine them buying him, and like you say, Ty, you know what I mean? You can never yeah. have too much depth. But they're not thinking about the players themselves. You know, if Vinicius Jr. goes out on loan, it could be the same as Odegaard and many before them. They're never going to get into the team. But that Roma did in midfield. They've got too many oldies. But don't also forget they've got Raheem Diaz and there you go. Yeah, Marcus They want rid of Bale, don't they? I think James Rodriguez is still in their ranks, isn't he? He went on a second yeah. level loan to Bayern, so they've got him to deal with as well. You know, he could fit in their team now if they brought him back from loan. For me, if you could have Isco alongside Hammers and a holding midfielder, that for me would be a brilliant midfielder. Or even play Pogba holding. I know that it's not where he plays, but as a holding or a box to box midfielder, Pogba, Isco, and Hammers would be a beastly midfield. I see, I see Isco as a number 10. I don't think. You could, you could see Hammers Rodriguez as a number 10 as well, and Pogba, though. That, that's, that's the yeah, that, they, they can all do it. Also, today, former Real manager Rafa Benitez is subject to speculation that he's considering a £12 million a year switch to the Chinese Super League. Obviously, oh my God. Exactly. Obviously, he's reached the end of his Newcastle contract and hasn't yet signed a new one. There's talk of new one is taking over, but as of yet, nothing has materialised. Surely none of us are thinking that's the right move. Well, you've got to look at it this way. Like Anatovic, uh, I talked to a West Ham fan a few weeks ago and he was saying how he didn't like, respect his decision, saying that he wanted to leave. Football's the kind of job you're not going to be in all your life. So he, he might be looking to retire and he might just see that as like, you know... A, a, pay, a pay way out of it kind of thing it's, it's like you having a 9 to 5 job and then someone offering you the same job but giving you a lot more money you'd be silly not to take it wouldn't you so you just got to think of your future like you know what I mean so let, Josh let's bring you back in because I know you were talking earlier about you know decisions in a football sense for Sarri for Rafa in a football sense surely this can't be the right decision no in, in a football sense this isn't the right decision football's not a trade that you can being all your life, as Corey said, you're going to take as much money as you can. Thing is, Rafa Benitez, it's like you say, you know, he might, it's not a trade you've been all your life, you might need the money. But Rafa Benitez, to me, comes across as someone who loves the fact that he's adored by those Jordies up there. I, I, it might not even be the money. I mean, you look at Newcastle, it don't really get much to spend on transfers, does it, and stuff like that. This Chinese team could be, you saying, basically giving him an open checkbook and telling him he can sign whoever he wants, you know, stuff like that. It's almost certain that Newcastle are being taken over by these shake owners themselves, you know what I mean? If the takeover happens, I can't see any reason why Rafa wouldn't stay, because if Mark Ashley's out, new owners are in who are going to back him, that's all he's ever wanted, isn't it? But the damage might have already been done and they might have had enough. You, you don't, this is the thing with managers, isn't it? You, you don't know what the other team's telling you, do you? We only get one part numbers, down. really. Uh, just a final one on the subject of Rafa before we move off Real Madrid completely. Going back to Newcastle, who would you choose to replace Rafa at Newcastle if Rafa was to go? I can ask a job for like Sean Dyche, the Alcana manager. Say, say the takeover deal falls through. Like you look at the job that Dash has done with Burnley and Eddie Al same with Bournemouth. They, they don't get much money to spend really, do they? And they still manage to scrape a team together and play good football like Bournemouth beating Chelsea, what, 4-0, 3-0? Yeah, I could see Eddie Howe taking over at Newcastle. To be, honest with, well, to be honest with you, I think you're spot on with those two suggestions, Corey. But 
let's hypothetically say the takeover does happen, and then there's talk of people like Jose Mourinho. Like like Josh said earlier, like with family and stuff, it's not a certainty as going to China, is it? So say he's got his family over here, and like you said, family's first kind of thing, innit? So he's, he's got to think of his family before anything else. And obviously, if they don't want to move to China, then it, it, I can't see him up and off and leaving, really. On to the third topic, which at the beginning of the month, the national side crashed out of the UEFA Nations League after a 3-1 defeat at the hands of the Netherlands in extra time. Big cracks began to show in that game for Southgate's men and question marks were raised over the style of play. So, do we think this style of play is right for an England team or not? It's, I don't think it's more the style of the play. I think it's more of the, the, the players. They'll be training on the style of play themselves, what they're training and stuff. So they know how to play it. But I think it doesn't help when you've got like players like from Man City, say you got some from Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal. You know, all over this, all over England. Think about it; they're all going at it each other all season. And then like you expect them to come and play together at the end of the season and be all happy and stuff. It's always been that way, though, hasn't it? You know. It has, another thing is the team selection. I, I think sometimes Gareth Southgate favourites a few players. Yeah, like Harry Kane. Not just Harry Kane. There's a few players. Some players that don't play the best during the season and then, you know, you still see him in the National League. Like, yeah. say for goalkeepers, for instance. I know he's a good keeper, Pickford, but there's other English keepers that are, like, done better in the Premier League than what he's done, if, if you have a look at stats and stuff. So, that, that's that's one to be a question mark of. But to be honest, I, I think the goalkeeper situation is a bit weird. Jack Butland finished mid-table with Stark. And yet he's still in there. Surely he's better. I mean, I'm not saying he could do or couldn't do, but maybe you could, I don't know, dip into under-21 squad and maybe bring a keeper or two out of that and, you know, get him into the first team now and train them up, see what they're like. And I mean, if they develop, they develop. If they don't, then, you know, you try something new, don't you? Well, there's um, Henderson, who was on loan to Sheffield United from Man United. He played last night in the under-21s European Championship. They say one of the penalties that uh, England gave away, and he, he looked quite... Good. You can always try him, and from stats, he, he actually was quite good with uh, Sheffield United, and obviously they finished second and went up. It sounds like I'm going to try and dig up my like. Obviously, the team I support Burnley, but we've got two keepers there, Nick Pope and Tommy Eaton, who proved they can, you know, play at the Premier League level. I mean, why not give someone like that a try instead of, you know, just constantly picking Pickford? And I'm going to say this for Corey because, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to sound like he's biased towards Burnley. But there's other positions of the pitch where the best players aren't necessarily always being picked. Stones, to me, always looks too fragile to play for England. And players like Tarkovsky, or yeah. as Josh has always told me, Ben Mees, I'm not sure he's even received an England call-up. Why is he not getting one? Obviously, you've got a Burnley season ticket, but you are not a Burnley fan. You get to see Burnley from a dis- different exactly. perspective to us. With Ben Mee, it's not like he's scared to go for yeah. anything. So even when Michael Keane was at Burnley, He'd go push forward. And then if he makes a mistake, oh, it's all right. He's got a defender behind him. Ben Mee's mistakes, they get all the attention. Yeah, if yeah. You ben Mee makes a mistake. There's no one behind him to cover other than... I understand him. you. Go on, let's bring, Tal, let's bring you in on this. Where's your standpoint? To be honest, and to be very, very honest, I couldn't care less about the national team. I don't. This is so dry. They're so boring. I don't like, I don't like national football anyway, apart from major tournaments. I don't support England when it comes to mid-tournament anyway. You guys said it before. But I don't like the fact how they just pick all the big names and stuff. It's like Southgate turns a blind eye to the, the players that are performing well. Like I don't know how Rashford and Lingard get into got into the Nations League team when so many players in their positions have been playing a lot better than them. 
I don't think Barry got anything to the team. Me and my granddad both say, out of anyone in the Premier League, and people may disagree, out of any striker in the Premier League, if we had to pick one to win as a game, we'd pick Jamie Vardy because he's the most direct option. He constantly runs. And look, for his age, you know what I mean? It's not a long-term option. But even if you're just putting him in the squad to try and, you know, give a bit of experience to the younger players and that, if you put him in the squad and you're also putting players like Tammy Abraham in the squad, surely training with each other, they could learn a lot of him, you know? Yeah. And I don't I don't know. Why does Kane play? Like, he, he was injured for, like, I think it was three months, something like that. And then he got thrown back into the Tottenham team against football. Did perform well. And then thrown into the England game against Holland and he didn't play well then that, that's what I mean about Gareth Southgate picking the same players all the time he doesn't go for form he goes more for like his usual team do you know what I'm saying I, I keep on saying this when you look at Harry Kane in the two games that he played he just didn't look like he could play he just wasn't ready I feel like that's Tottenham's fault on their behalf for trying to rush him back from injury oh yeah to get him for the Champions League final seriously backfired on him didn't it a lot which I think... Well, in the same way, Corey, do you think if the physios had categorically stamped down and said, Harry, you can't play for the Champions League final, if you think he'd have been declared not fit for that, do you think they'd have still put him in? Basically? I'm not being funny, but I don't think Tottenham's physios are in the right job, to be honest. I mean, you're Simphatong in that time when they had concussion and they still sent him on saying they were all right and they were staggering around the field like he were oh. drunk. So, yeah, well, bad looks because you have no authority stepping down saying no you're not ready to play they just they just send whoever out like I say he didn't look himself he, he hasn't looked himself for a while really has he this season I know he got an injury but he came back uh, this game was against Burnley I think he got one goal against us other than that he didn't really do much against us I, I, I haven't seen much of the old Harry Kane this season as what I'd want to but in, in defence of Harry it's obviously this isn't going to change but his all time record still stands up you know he trumps great players like Drogba and that for goals so I suppose the argument is probably that maybe but you can't you can't live on a record for the rest of your life can you no no I agree with you but I mean I, I suppose Southgate's thinking is probably in his mind a half fit Harry Kane is probably better than his other options but is that true probably not Not this, like like you were saying Tammy Abraham in championship was scoring the front and centre for Aston Villa so why why not like give him a shout you know what I mean? Give Sancho a chance. <laughs> you you got you got Callum Wilson, who's you know he's been in good form for Bournemouth. I know he played him in that third place playoff, but you know you, why not give him a chance in Nations League? I don't okay. know even if we'd have got through to the final. I, I, I think Portugal have too much for us to handle to start with. Personally, they've got a lot more firepower than what we've got. I think we may have had more joy attacking wise, and I say that with no disrespect to them, but I think Holland's defence is better than Portugal's. But I think Portugal's front line, I think even Ronaldo and Bernardo Silva alone, that's forgetting Guedes and the goal he scored. I think their front line of them two has enough to finish us off. Well, I think Holland's front line, well, it proved a lot for us to handle. But, yeah, but it did, but think of the amount of chances they didn't finish. You know, if they'd have finished their chances, that game could have been even more embarrassing. Like I said, they, they go at each other all season and you try and bring them together to win a bloody tournament, you know. I've watched Scott McTominay and I've watched him for Manchester United and I've watched him for Scotland. And that, to me, is a player who looks like he wants to fight for his club and his country. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Tab, but when I watch him for Man United, he sprints for everything. You know, he, he goes yeah. into tackles. Yeah, against Barcelona, he was, for me, he was the standout player. He farts for both shirts, for club and country. And for me, Jesse Lingard just doesn't look like he wants to be there for either. Right, obviously we talked a little bit about Holland. So, how much potential do they have? They've got a lot of good players. It's the same for every other big nation, isn't it, really? They, they've all got, like, we've got good young players. Spain have. France have. 
France have France definitely have. It's, it's just are these are these young players gonna build into what they're meant to build into, or they just I don't know, like go to a team like Real Madrid or Barcelona, a big team, and you know because they're young, sit on the bench kind of thing. I'm not saying it's just them teams. I mean, like, you know, every every other team, like, I don't know, Chelsea do it with Hudson and I. Even on the bench a lot of times this season. Same with Loftus-Cheek. But then when they played Loftus-Cheek, I've, I've seen a big change in the team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It happened with Renato Sanchez as well, because he performed well in the Euros. And then Bayern bought him from Benfica. And yeah, you don't, re- you don't really hear much of him, do you, nowadays? You were just one thing and then back to Bayern and no one, no one really knows he exists. Yeah, like I said, that's the thing we're going to these big clubs. Yeah, it's it's not just that though. Like you, you look at Bayern as a as a centre mid for argument's sake, and you got like like Ames Rodriguez there, aren't you? Straight away. But look at Ames Rodriguez compared to Renato Sanchez. Who would you pick to play for your team? Ames. See, that's that, that's what the manager's going to be thinking, like, isn't it? That's all. Yeah. You've also got the example of Jadon Sancho. He went to Dortmund. Yeah. And- it's got from a team like Man City where I mean they, exactly you look at their wingers Sterling they've got who else they've got they've got Bernardo Silva this is it they've got they've got a lot of players that are rank wise they're ahead of what where he's going to come do you know what I mean I don't we're even making it to the bench Foden he, he doesn't play that much but he still gets a run out here and there I won't be surprised if he moves sometime soon maybe a loan deal somewhere you also look at Sonic He's a brilliant player, but also just sits on the bench. Oh, I, think, I, think, I think him and Pep, they've got a bit of a, like, they have, they have arguments, don't they, and stuff, I think. If you look at Sonny, he kind of, he's like one of them players that wants to play his own game and don't want to listen to the manager and play his kind of game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when, when there's players who play Pep's system flawlessly, Bernardo Silva Sterling, you know, he's always going to be dropped, isn't he? It? So sure. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. Just going back to that point about England, as you were saying, Cole, players going at each other week in, week out at club level and then coming together and being told to play together and play this great football for England. Is that England's biggest problem? Is that the one big problem which stops England succeeding? It, it might not just be that, but it might be the style of play as well. Like, you, well, it sounds bad, but when Harry Kane's on that pitch for Tottenham, they just, they just aim for him every time. So you, you go from their style, like, to going to play for England where... You know, different formations, different styles, you know what I mean? You want, you want to kind of pick a style that every other club really plays, don't you? So yeah. they're used to it. And then you're coming from your club playing their style to playing Southgate style and with players that you don't play with week in, week out either. So, like I said, the right chance for us. So it's a bit hard work, isn't it? And finally, on to the current state of Manchester United, a topic I'm sure Tar cannot wait to get Current into. state? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> it is a state to be fair, mate. I still want to know better. Oh, right, come on now. Ole was at the wheel. He's almost certainly had a Champions League spot behind it. However, the wheels fell off and they slipped down to Europa League place. Nevertheless, there was encouraging signs towards the beginning of you know of Ole's reign at Manchester United. Went a bit off the rails towards the end, but did you see enough last season to prove that next season could be different, Tar? Huh? Well, no, no, no. The start of it was good. After the PSG game, like... Everyone got so hyped and, and so excited, and then just I don't know what happened. It's it's the board's fault. The board's just trash. And I'm so sure what all the signings done by the first of July, and that's in like two weeks, and we haven't even got rid of anyone. Yeah, but the mass exodus that they're supposed to be having, you know, and it's running out of time already. You also still have Alexis Sanchez on very high wages, k a week, just not really doing anything. Well, you, of course you'd say that you miss him dearly. <laughs> I, I think if Sanchez had signed for City, he'd be a world beater. 
I think it's it's not him. It, I think it's more of the team around him. Right, well, who's been there? David Moyes, Louis Van Gaal, Jose Mourinho, and I've got Ole. Like Fellaini was one of them until he went to China. I mean, you know, would you ever imagine Fellaini in a Man United team? I, th- I think the thing with United is they've got players that think they're bigger than the club. Right, it's like it's this, this Pogba, yeah, it, uh, obviously he wants to leave. But then you know, I don't know about giving him like a two point three million or something for a loyalty bonus for staying and a five hundred k a week contract. What exactly? Yeah, that's what they're about doing to keep hold of him. My God! But, but personally, I think Pope is one of them players like Lingard thinks he's bigger than the club. I think I think that's one of the reasons why Jose Mourinho kind of got sacked. Well, that's my opinion anyway. Individual in the United team, and I don't I don't like Pope with attitude. He gets a bit restless and tired of. The people around him because sometimes he's doing all the work. Well, this is yeah. it. It's almost all about Pogba. And to be honest with you, I'll tell you now, this is the conclusion I've come to. For years, I've slagged Paul Pogba off because, to be honest, clearly for his price tag at the time, never thought that he's proved how good of a player he can be because we all know how good he was at Juventus and he's never once proved it in the Premier League. Even his best games for me haven't been near where he should have been. However, the conclusion I've come to about him is I think I, honestly I think he's given absolutely everything. I think he's coming to a team that maybe wasn't the right team for him to go to. I think he's given everything he, c- he can give, and I think because of the fans on his back, the fans of rival clubs on his back, and it's like you say, Carl, when they win, it's about him, but when they lose, it's his fault. Yeah, I think I think honestly, I think it's taking his toll on him. Maybe for him, it's just the best thing to leave. Well, like you just like you just said then. Well, you didn't say it, but you sort of said like you don't think he's performed to his price tag. So you look at Eden Hazard. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm not being funny. I think he'll perform at Real Madrid. Do you know what I mean? For his price tag. Yeah. yeah. So in, in some sense, Pogba hasn't fully performed as to my expectations to what his price tag is. Like, look, when Ronaldo left Man United, what was that, 80 something million as well? Yeah, definitely. And, I, I, and, and I'm not being funny. I think, I think Real Madrid got the money well spent. Like, you know. And then some. Exactly. That, that's what you want with Pogba. And I don't think he's kind of like at that level, personally. As a Man United fan, tie, you'd have to tell me, but if you could double your money and sell him back to Juventus like they're on about doing, is, you know, has it been worth it or is it still a case of what could have been? I'm not really sure, you know, because last last season he got like his best goal tally or whatever. It's him in France. Yeah, there's so many players, so many good players around him and he still performs as well. Can I ask you a quick question, Ty? Going off the back of the season just gone, what as a United fan now, what are your expectations for next season? Like... Do you think you've got the team to challenge for the, the Premier League itself or Champions League, maybe? No, 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 We definitely won't win the league. So, as a United fan, though, like, I mean, you've signed some, obviously, players have got new contracts, like Ashley Young, Jones, Smalling. I mean, are you happy with them renewing their contracts? or Like, Young, Jones, Smalling, all of them should be sold. You've got a player like Herrera, though, which... which in my eyes, I thought that was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really liked Herrera. But then, like, at the same time, like, when Herrera first got there, I was like, oh, no, I don't like this guy. And then the next season, he was one of my favourite players, if not my favourite player for United. But in the long run, he's definitely not, definitely not a Premier League winning starter well, for United. I don't know if them signing a new contract gives a higher value when it comes to them being sold. So I'm, I'm not sure what the reason for that was. If I see Young as right back next season, I'm going to be so annoyed. I think that's why we're linked with uh, Wan-Bissaka 
and um, that friend guy from Norwich. Norwich, yeah. What, what about Matic to Iraq? Because for me, oh my God. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the season when Chelsea went out and bought Kante as sort of a replacement for him. The recruitment to me just screams wrong in every single area because why would they not just let Chelsea keep Matic and they go back Kante themselves? Instead, they allowed Chelsea to sign one of potentially still the best players in the world while they went and signed someone who's passed it. There was a time when he, for Chelsea, when he was competing with um, Yaya Torre, and uh, he was doing really well then as well. We have to rebuild that position, rebuild another position. Lukaku is going to leave, and I don't know if we're going to replace him. Yeah, um, obviously, he's being linked to, he uh, moved into Milan with uh, Antonio Conte, who's obviously as a manager them next season. Do you think it's the right time to leave or should he stay? I mean, I think, I think it's the right time to leave, to be honest. I think, I think it's a good move because with the Cardi, they play to a strength and stuff like that. So, and for Belgium, they play to the Kaku strength and stuff like that. So, at, at this moment in time, they're a similar standard, if you know what I mean. Like, United aren't streets ahead of Inter yep. and Inter are streets ahead of United. But obviously, what that allows United to do is, is you know, play to the strengths of other players like Rashford, which I'm sure is what Ole would rather do as opposed to Lukaku. Yeah, because you play, you play a lot better when Rashford plays. I, I would even want Martial to to play striker again because we played so well and Martial played up front. Uh-huh. I think I think Rashford proved in that PSG game last year that you know he wants to be United great, and in that game, games like that, you know, he proves that he can turn up. But he's got to do it week in, week out. You know, he's, there's been times when he looks a little lax, doesn't he? I said it before about the English team having individuals. I think he's one of those individuals. Like I think because he's young, like it's all getting to his head and stuff like that. So when it's be chosen, he'll, he'll probably find his feet, and then he'll perform and while start being consistent. They were going back onto the Lukaku point. He he fit in really well at Everton. He had two great seasons. Went to United, had a few great stints, but then just kind of fell through. And I don't think he'll ever reach that level again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he fell through. Like like I said before, I think I think it's more of, like with Pogba's sake. I think it's more of the team they've got around them. How old is Ashley Young now? Is it, I think he's over thirty at least, isn't he? Exactly. Back in the day, I mean, you know, he was a good player, did well what he did. But, I mean, I've, I've seen him a few games last season when United trying to whip the balls in and, you know, they, they go from one end of the pitch to over and out for a throw in at the other end, you know what I mean? Obviously, if you've got people supplying you with balls like that, you're not, you're not, you're not really going to get on to the end of them, are you? Yeah, and sorry, sorry to bring it up, but last season, some of the deliveries from Trent Alexander-Arnold and from Andy Robertson, I can think of at least five occasions where we scored directly from an amazing cross that they put in. Do you think if, even if United's full-backs could apply, could uh, provide one or two assists a season like that, you know what I mean? It helped them massively. Well, they're going to be signing that one Bissaka, rather. Maybe he could bring that into the team, right? Pogba and Lukaku picked a few more goals up than what they did last season. Because I've heard a couple of people talking about Pogba's character, and I don't know Paul Pogba. I know how he's perceived to be, but a lot of people on the inside seem to think that he's not a player who's going to strike if United don't let him go. Therefore, do you think if United sit him down and say, look, Paul, we understand why you're restless. We're making five new signings this window. Do you think if he believes in the signings and he believes in the direction of the club that he'll be happy to stay? Like you said yourself, it's more of the price tag he's got on his head. So obviously, like your fans 
want you to perform to what price they've paid for you, do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, but think about it, Viola is aging, you know, we all know what he's like, he'll be constantly telling Pogba how good he is and how he needs to force a move away. He's got to, not only has he got to compete with, but he's got to compete with his own agent who'll be trying to force him out. But I think it'd be stupid not to take 500 grand a week. Anyone playing, not even that well every week, not putting 100% in every week. As far as we that much, you'd take it, wouldn't you? United might be trying to force a contract onto him. Saying they could sell him off for more. Obviously, if Real Madrid do come in with an offer, then they've got to buy his contract out and pay the club more money. Do you know what I mean? I think buyout courses are just what football is now. You make a player sign a contract. There's just too much money involved in it nowadays. I think it's more about money than what it is about fans nowadays. Some of the league two sides will probably never reach Premier League because they'll never have that. The fact that you know Pogba's gone from Man United to Juventus, gone to United, and he's possibly going back to Juventus. Hummels today, you know Hummels is going back for his for his second stint at Dortmund, and I believe he's had two stints now at Bayern. You know, it's it's how football is these days. You know, loyalty seems to be dying. Yeah. So Payet, he got loyalty bonus and then left. I'll never forget that last season at Upton Road because West Ham were doing something special. Upton Road, Upton Park. You can't cut that out, surely. You can't. Move on. Let's move on. So, Will, you said you'd never forget that last (laughs) season. Upton Park. Upton Road. Upton Bloody Road. What happened? You knocked that down in there. No, I don't think so. I I thought it was still up. I would have thought they would have done what they did with Harbour and just made flats instead. Arsenal have won nothing since Harbury. George? Well, at least Arsenal are at bloody Tottenham's old ground like Liverpool are at Everton's. Oh, oh, there we go. Hold in a second. How old's Turf Moor? 100. No, I don't know. Don't ask. No, believe it or not, Burnley used to play at... Um, do you know where Thompson's Park is? Yeah. We used to play up there, Burnley. I went out to Arsenal. <laughs> Messing up the panel. Honestly, if Arsenal had scored half of the goals at first half, did it, would that? Next season... Where do you see Man United finishing and how do we see them doing anything in the Europa League? I can't see them yeah. doing much in the Europa League. Why are everyone taking shots? Everyone hates United. I they, might, they might hate them, but you never know. They might they might get a few signings in and you know, the new signings might... No, I'm, I'm with Josh. Everyone hates United. Yeah. What? Yeah, you got them. <laughs> you are you here? Well. Hey, anyone want to talk about the Champions League winners? Is that just me? No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you predicted it. So, on yeah. to Real Madrid. <laughs> we could talk about Arsenal at Europa League if you want. Yeah, basically, we did add a time three years ago, and then Will said something like, so it's about Champions League, and he hopes that Liverpool will win it again some, someday, and they did. I think United will win the Europa League. Right, see, so you, you look at Liverpool now, and now they won the Champions League. I, I don't think they're on top of that game against Tottenham. But you look at the players that Liverpool have got that can change the game. See that 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 that's the kind of player I'd expect Pogba to be at United, like Salah, Firmino, Mane. Do you know what I mean with his price tag? That, that's that's what I'd expect for that much money. Josh, just a simple yes or no answer. Do you see Manchester United winning the Champions League in the next ten years? No. <laughs> Depending on. Who they get in, and you know, like well, if they're going to stick with the manager. Exactly. I mean, Oli could be there to do a rebuild job. He could be there for a good few years now. Get rid of the dead weight in the club, and then get new players in. 
you know, players that he wants to play with. Think about it. He's stuck with well, he's stuck with other people's players now, isn't he? Of course he is. And Liverpool have proved it. We've won the one trophy in the Champions League. And as everyone's saying, suddenly, now that we've won the one, we've got to kick on and we've got to win more. So surely if United won a, another FA Cup or maybe even a Europa League, if, this, if the new group of players wins a trophy together, then surely they've got to kick on. Well, you'd think they would, but like I said, it all depends on who they get. And obviously, if they keep swapping managers, like it's, it's going to be hard work for them to get used to the manager, used to his style of play. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Tar, do you see them winning it in the next 10 years? Nope. <laughs> Optimistic as always. I mean, come on, if you ask me if Burnley could win Champions League in the next 10 years, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, we finished seventh for once, you know. It's, it's up from now. And that just about wraps up this first episode of Added Time. It's been our pleasure to have you listen, and we'll make sure there's a new episode out each week. And you never know, there may even be bonus episodes from time to time too. For now, however, I'd like to thank George for joining me. Both me and Will would like to thank Josh, Taiwo and Corey for coming on the show. Please follow us on Twitter to be notified with new episodes and when they're out. That's going to be at Added Time PL. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode.